In this episode, we give some love to a few great new indie titles, discuss the trend of comics being made into movies, and ponder why you can't just shoot Voldemort. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back, everybody! How's it going, people? It is time for some Cover B. We, before we start, we just want to... Say that we hope everyone is safe. Yes. Everyone is doing responsible things and cloistering away when you need to and maintaining a normal life otherwise. Wash your hands. Sanitize your stuff. Keep take your, your shoes off yeah. at the door. Yep. Take your clothes off in the laundry room. Roll around your house naked and clean. Yep. That's my takeaway. Yep. I dig it. The one thing to remember is that Yes, and, you know, this goes into, yes, we're still doing our weekly comic book podcast because it's important that you guys still get out and go to your local comic shops, pick up your books, keep local businesses alive. Yeah. Um, Like, you don't have to, you know, go to big group gatherings and stuff. Those sorts of things should be shut down. I'm looking at you, Megacon. Cough. Um, Oops. <laughs> um <laughs> But it is it is important that you keep local businesses alive. So do still frequent your local comic book shop. Just be smart. Do wash your hands. Do keep your distance from people. Try to avoid crowded areas, things like that. Um, even because- if you couldn't be the one that gets sick, you know, even if you're young and healthy and virile, it's your next door neighbor that's elderly yep. and has a compromised immune system that you could infect. And that's not cool. We, you know... Australia just put it in that if you go get somebody sick, you a murderer. Yeah. So don't be a murderer, okay? Yeah, I think um somebody mentioned like, you know, let's stop thinking about oh no, will I get sick and let's start thinking of it as like will I be the link in a chain that destroys someone's life. Yeah. You know, what absolutely. I mean? And so it is important to be smart, but we also don't want to come out on the other side of this. With nothing. With all the businesses we love, all the groups that we participated with completely dissolved and destroyed. Right. Because we gave in to panic and everyone shut down and everyone canceled their entire life for a month or more. Uh, so we would do do still get out and get comics, do still get out and frequent businesses and restaurants that you like. My mom actually told me like a good thing that she heard on the radio was uh if there's a restaurant you really dig and you're concerned about going to that restaurant maybe pop out if you frequent that restaurant in your normal life pop out at some point and get a gift card for that restaurant or a gift certificate oh, for that that's restaurant a great call. um or order to go orders if they do to go orders where you can just pop in grab it and leave you know and for the love of god buy some chinese food yeah because thanks to hysteria and paranoia small almost all chinese restaurants in your town are going to be small local businesses and they are suffering due to misinformation and prejudice so go get you some lo mein and some dumplings and save a business in your local economy Mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to open with that like it's our responsibility to make sure that life goes on as normal and that the panic doesn't destroy everything around us. Right. Um, So be smart and do be cautious, but don't let panic 
drive down all the things you love. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk some comics. Yeah, comics. And I got we got one. Well, the first one really, really excited about. Yeah. So comic number one for this week is decorum. Number one. It's the new Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. with art by Mike Huddleston. I okay so I'm the type of person that's kind of a goober and doesn't necessarily look at the writer mm. before I start a book and so I picked up that's this cool book way of doing it though yeah I just I was like oh I don't know who's writing this whatever so I start reading it and I'm like wow this feels so much like the recent powers of x house of x <laughs> stuff i was like man this yeah. is stylized the same way there's pages set up the same way this is weird and then i flipped over the cover and i was like oh it's hickman <laughs> that makes a lot more sense somebody got inspired by what he did before me thinks but i'm okay with that because yeah. this book is setting up awesome it's super solid it's it's just a really cool book and it's a great it's you know again i say it a lot of times on here but it's one of those books that has world building that happens organically you know it doesn't open with a big like here's the world as you know it and there's a lot of like there's a lot of those hickman touches where it's like a chart yeah like a map and like graphical well, design and yeah. stuff like that. And that's weird too, though, because it is kind of like it is kind of like very direct world building because it is like, here's a map and here's a thing and here's a description about this thing that takes place in this world. But because it happens in such a like weirdly, you know, encyclopedia entry esque way, it doesn't feel before the story we're talking about, it just feels like, oh, you came across this book from Wikipedia. Yeah. That's neat. And I think that's really interesting. But I think the thing I'm most excited about is just that this already feels like it has the potential to be that kind of universe, that type of galaxy, that type of world building where all sorts of stuff could be built in this. Yeah. Like this has like, Star Wars esque, yeah, type Dune esque feel where it's like, wow, there's so much happening and there's so much depth that whatever happens in the story, great, cool. Whatever happens to these specific characters that were introduced to, cool. But think of all of the other stuff that yep. could be built in this world. It felt system. very, it felt very for me, very much like the saga universe mm-hmm. where it's very multifaceted. There's tons of different organizations and clans and right you know groups involved um and so stories told in either from characters involved with those various different groups and those various different facets or at different environments controlled by those various different groups much in the way star wars is where it's like a story told in hut space is going to be a different story than the core worlds you know what i mean like the outer rim the inner rim the core worlds like they're going to be very different places and the stories told there are going to have very different outlooks, very different looks in general. And it's going to feel different um, from a story told about the rebels and yeah. it's going to be different from a story told about yeah. the empire. Like and like you even go back to like the Republic and the separatists. Yeah. And, you know, you've got various different planets involved in various different forms of the conflict and stuff like that. And so it's it, it, 
it feels very expansive and I'm excited to see what gets told there. I agree. I'm a little nervous because Hickman's so like recent kind of track record with creator owned stuff has been very ending suddenly. You know what I mean? Like oh, he no. had a uh, dying in the dead ended suddenly. Um, he had black Monday murders ended suddenly, you know, is and he one of those just throwing this out there? Is he one of those authors kind of like the Stephen King where he gets like really into this world and then all of a sudden he's like, like full Willow from Buffy's and just like bored now, bored now. And then just bails. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into what he said about, you know, black Monday murders getting canceled and stuff like that. Um, I kind of just assumed it was because he was getting that sweet, sweet X-Men money. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, yeah, I'm totally going to, you know, do this thing. And then it was like, oh, nope. Because <laughs> he had another book that he was, I can't remember the name of it. I was trying to Google it while I was talking and it was resulting in me having weird pauses while I was talking. Um <laughs> He had another indie book that was supposed to come out where he was doing both the writing and the art oh. for it. And it was going to be a sci-fi book. Um, and I can't remember the name of it That's for the life of, of me. That's a for him. And it was going to be super cool. And then it got scrapped and he went and did the X-Men stuff. So I'm pretty sure that one definitely ended because he was like, okay. ooh, X-Men time. Um, money, money, money. Yeah, which, hey. Slay, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, he has a handful of books. Dying in the Dead, I think, got canceled. I think something happened to the artist. I know the artist was in like an accident, like oh. like a motor accident, like oh, a car no. accident. Um, and that delayed it for a bit, but I don't think the artist died. Um, I should oh, no. look. I'm yeah, gonna, you should I'm probably, gonna Google that. While you should I, probably find that out before we announce then, on this thing. Like, oh, so so is fine when he's super not fine <laughs> when he's super not okay um yeah and then black monday murders was excellent and then just ended disappeared yeah um was it like a long issue run or was it like six issues in yeah, and then it was, then very, it was like it was bye very, very short and very abrupt oh that's kind of a bummer i hate uh, when that happens yeah i guess dying on the dead is just on a quote unquote hiatus. Um but indefinite but like, hiatus. Yeah, but I mean, <sighs> come on. <It's> the worst. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I would like to see this go as far as like East of West did. Um but I'm just worried because like I said, his recent track record with his creator on stuff has just been very like abruptly and right um and i just don't i don't want that with this i really want this to get like fleshed it just like stretched i want him to stretch it like taffy i want to <laughs> i want to see all the inner bits because it's just it's very very good here's the thing that we do have to think about now though that gives us a good positive outlook on books like this so um it it's entirely possible that this type of book in particular will go on for quite some time because I think comic writers are now starting to 
attach themselves to the Malar outlook on things and see the potential in their books to be more than just books. Mm -hmm. So when you get an idea like this and you start fleshing out a book and a world like this, Mm -hmm. it's entirely possible that Hickman looked at this and was like, oh, snap, I'm going to get picked up by Netflix. And so (laughs) he's going to like, stick to his guns on this yeah. one so that it can get the popularity so that it can then become Alternatively, something else. Alternatively, though, if that's the outlook that people are taking, it probably wouldn't behoove them to do really, really long things. You know what I mean? Part of Malar's whole thing, I don't know if this is truly how he feels. I've never heard him say that, but it just it feels like this is how he feels, is do a buttload of short things because then you can constantly move on to the next thing and sell that IP You know what I mean? If I do a six issue mini and I pump out like four of them in a year, you know what I mean? Then like that's four IPs I can sell the movie rights to. I think it depends. Whereas if I pump out 12 to 24 issues of a regular thing, then that's one IP I'm able to sell with the same amount of effort. I think it depends on the type of book you're writing, though. Mm. Like, there's a difference, in my opinion, from the book that's going to be sold for, like, a movie, like a six-issue pi- that, like, focuses really heavily on characters and focuses really heavily on a situation yeah. versus a, like, Wicked in the Divine or Saga or this, where it's more about the world building, which yeah. puts you more into, like, TV, long-standing, keep giving us plot devices so that we can fulfill this build-out for, like, nine seasons. Yeah, I guess it, it boils down to, I don't know a ton about licensing stuff. Right. But, like, in my head, I don't feel like, I feel like selling a new license is going to garner you more money than renewing a license for, like, a season two. Like, effectively, if you're writing something long, like, really long, you're selling additional seasons to something that's already been sold and i don't know if there's like that's about which i guess i don't know which is more lucrative so i don't know like i can't argue like you're right that's a good point i I I really think it probably like I would imagine that it depends on the success of both entities you know like game of thrones I would imagine that season two probably cost a whole hell of a lot more than season one did because it was so popular and made them so much ad revenue money. And so like renewing that license is like taking that ish to the bank. (laughs) So I would assume that it really depends like, but at the same time, those types of, you know, renewals do better when there's more stuff for you to pull from because then people are like, oh, snap, they haven't gotten to this part yet. I can't wait for them to get there. And that helps increase the value too. So I don't know. It really depends in my opinion on what they're going for. Are you doing the Malar? Like, give me some movies. Let's pump this ish out so that I can get these things right now. Mm-hmm. Or are you doing the like long-term build where it's like doing the RR Martin where it's like, let's, let's make this, let's keep pulling this out longer and longer and longer so that there's more and more seasons that become more and more expensive as more and more people watch. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's a couple different ways it can be looked well, at. Well, regardless of any of it, whether they intend to sell the movie rights to this or not, it's a good book. It it's, is very it's good. It's very, very good. It's really cool. I like the characters. It does have a lot of feeling like it does feel a lot. 
it feels very Hickman. Oh, yeah. Like if you've read anything Hickman, it feels very, very Hickman, whether it be the new X-Men stuff or Black Monday murders or anything else. Um, it yeah, it just feels very, very Hickman. And that's good. And Huddleston does a really good job kind of keeping up with Hickman's style. Like Hickman's very like design heavy when he does stuff. Yeah. So he does a lot of like designs and like symbols and like panels kind of all over the page and stuff. And Huddleston just does a really good job of also keeping up with that. Um, so you can tell the two. It seems like they work really, really and mesh really, really well together. It's really cool how like multimedia it feels. Mm-hmm. It feels like when you like draw some, but you also put like pictures from magazines on top yeah. of it. And that's really a neat aesthetic. Yeah. And it, it, it pops in and out of different coloring styles too. yeah, different lettering styles. So it's it's very sporadic and kind of chaotic, but it all kind of works. All I kinds agree. of makes sense. Um and it it gives it that weird kind of ethereal future feel where it's like we're in a future where like reality might have evolved and been a little bit different than what we know. You know right. what I mean? Like you get that like distant future uh kind of feeling and I like it. I I really, really dig this book. Same. And it's a thick boy. Oh yeah, it's thick a big with book. two C's. It's it's got some thickness. <laughs> so uh definitely pick out decorum. Uh it's it's super duper good i agree it's very very good definitely it's agree thick, but it's only like 4.99 which oh, is cool nice like a book that thick from marvel would be like 7.99 yeah that's like very respectful yeah. very respectful of the the readership's income mm-hmm. uh the next book I wanted to talk about is north bend yes. number one yes um this one was very different than what i thought it was gonna be to be honest um the kind of cover of it and some of the synopsis bits about it made it feel very uh i don't know i kind of got like a little bit more of a sci-fi vibe from it oh, than really? what we ended up getting um but that's not what it was it was more in line with like a like a spy piece yeah, I was I actually went into it not expecting sci-fi. I went into it expecting like um like almost like a apocalyptic-y feel. Okay. Like yeah. kind of like a like a red dawn, like the the front cover to me felt like, you know, hiding in isolation in like a cabin. That type is true. Of thing. We got the we got the B cover. <laughs> okay. The A cover has like a dude standing there and he's got like a weird spiral on his face. Uh, which my brain looks at and is like, it's the thing from stranger things oh okay fair <laughs> so, see yeah i only saw the b cover so i was thinking it was going to be like hiding in the woods but then it ended up being much more like modern normal life and mm-hmm. then but it introduced itself like the first beginning of it felt very like oh this is just current time current existence mm-hmm. and then it got to this like really political heavy section and i was like wait what <laughs> yeah this is Kind of like now, but not like now. Well, yeah, and it introduces <laughs> like it's a cool conspiracy piece. You know what I mean? Like I it, agree. it's a cool like I don't know. I just I haven't seen too many like I haven't read too many stories pertaining to like mind control and like governmental mind control and stuff like that. And uh so I'm interested to see where this one goes because it's simultaneously, like you said, kind of grounded in the real 
but also not has a lot of options to like develop really cool storytelling and like really cool like unreliable narrator type stuff yeah and uh i just think that's cool i i like the idea of where this is going you know i agree i something that actively made me chuckle is that so in the 80s every movie that had a villain or had a like going to war type scenario mm-hmm. because of the cold war everything was russian yeah and then in the 90s it became like a faux pas to use russia as the bad guy because like ah, oh, everything's fine you know, whatever. Yeah, once the Cold War kind of the Soviet cool. Union dissolved and everything. The walls down, everything's yeah. cool. Don't use Russia anymore. Ho ho ho. Stop using Russia. But now we're getting back to Russia again. Yeah, I, which I, I is noticed super that too. Entertaining to like me. there was there was that period like a few years ago where everything where we basically replaced Russia. We not basically, we a hundred percent replaced Russia with North Korea. Oh yeah. To the extent where they had like, what was it, the um Red Dawn remake was North Korea instead of Russia. So like we had literally replaced Russia as like the action movie bad guy. Yeah. But yeah, now we're getting back into it. We're falling right back into Russia because of the current like like, political climate. They they hacked our election. It's just the enemy again. Yeah. It's just sort of super funny because I'm like, just like leg warmers and scrunchies, the enemy comes back again in fashion. And I'm like, that's really funny. True. Like, and that's, it's not funny, but it's funny. That's the thing I like about comics. Like, I, I don't overly like very, very political comics. Like, I, I literally don't like when it's just very heavy handed. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of comics creators are using it as a platform with which to protest certain things that they feel strongly about. I agree. And that's cool because there's. It's it's nice to have a fairly popular medium that's taking a stand on things. Yeah. You know, because definitely. art has always taken a stand on things. And so they're they're doing their own thing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but music lately, and I was having a conversation about this with people uh recently. There's no protest songs anymore. You know I what know. I mean? Like you think back to like the CCR days and like the 60s and like the Vietnam days and like everyone was like, F the war, like bring our people home. Like we're going to do songs about this. And there's just not you don't see any of that, really. You don't see people using this pl- using their platform to like take a stand on stuff. And we don't really see it in movies that much anymore. Like no. we see like subtle hints of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, for the most part, everyone's about sellability and like what's going to sell and what's going to like be open to like we can't offend any certain group because then they won't buy tickets and they won't buy CDs and stuff. And do people buy CDs anymore? Did I just age myself? Um, I think so. (laughs) I don't know. I They don't go down to their Sam Goody and pick up you know the deluxe edition cd pardon me i need to go get tay tay's new album from the fye okay (laughs) FYE. Um, (laughs) they don't cruise on down to the radio shack and pick up a new boom box anymore (laughs) um oh god we're so old oh god (laughs) knock knock is that you death um (laughs) 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 but you know it's it's good to see 
<laughs> this medium, which is very creative because it is a multifaceted medium. It's a storytelling along with like a visual medium. Right. And the two can the two elements coming together, the, you know, the words with the pictures, the cool thing about it as compared to like a movie or something like that is that you can kind of tell different points or perspectives or stories at the same time. Right. That's and a good point. It's, it's cool to see how many creators are taking political stances or making political commentary without being really like outwardly heavy handed actively you political. do have your ones that tend to be a little bit more heavy handed you've got like your man eaters and things like that which was very clever um, though it which, was still yeah, very satirical and managed clever. to contain itself um and not go overboard with it and there's a lot of potential to go overboard with oh it. yeah um but it, it's cool to see people just being like here's things we need to think about with our government yeah. or here's things that it might be worth taking a stance on you know paying and, attention to yeah and and I, I like seeing that i like seeing that comic creators are not shying away from i'm gonna make a stance i'm yeah. gonna say something right you know like you think of little bird there's a oh. lot of commentary in oh little there's bird. a lot oh it's so good though and little while bird it's so good while it's the main <laughs> backdrop and it's the main it's also set up in a way where even if you don't necessarily agree with maybe the commentary that they're saying you can just accept this world as its own sort of fantasy isolated thing. situation but then the idea is still ingrained in it yeah totally um and it's it's just cool to see i, I like seeing it and this book i think has a lot of potential to really make some commentary in an interesting way yeah um it does and yeah, it's, you know, good job, Ryan Ellsworth and Rob Carey and Scout Comics. Uh, good job giving us something that's kind of cool and thought provoking. Something to chew on. Yeah. Um, next on my list was Sweetheart number one. So this is a new horror book by Dylan Gilbertson and Francesco La Quinta. Um, from Action Lab. So this is week two in a row know, that we've had right? an Action Lab title on here. They're, so. they're going in, man. <laughs> so this one is it's set up very standard horror story. Um, there's like creatures, like bad creatures that hang out in the woods. And like it's effectively like a weird physical representation of like a parasite. Um the, the base story is that these creatures live parallel to us and then they pick their victim and then they stalk their victim for the end of time until they kill and eat their victim. And that's just what it is. Um, and it's how you cope with having this thing basically stalking you for your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I did admittedly have a question, opinion that just sort of like immediately formulated. I'll get to that in a minute. Mm. But what I liked about this book is that the first, I don't know, five sixths of this book, I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. Okay. I see where this is going. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. This is maybe a little predictable. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And then the last two pages, you're like, what in the F just happened? My <laughs> brain has exploded. Mm. That did not go the direction I was expecting it to go. Wow. <laughs> like you you flip the page and like something's happening and you're like, oh okay, you're gonna do that. And then you're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that uh oh. <laughs> so that's fun. That was good. 
my issue with this is that so they do a good job of setting up that there's these two types of creatures. There's the little ones and the big ones. Mm -hmm. And they're both of like the same species, but they kind of pick their prey differently. Mm -hmm. They're treated differently. They behave a little differently. Um, and in order to fight these bad guys, you're supposed to drink like this certain type of tonic. It's basically it's given to you by like a doctor. So like this is a doctoral medication type thing. And you're supposed to, you know, drink this tonic and it keeps the bad things at way for like a certain amount of hours. But then mm-hmm. you have to keep drinking the tonic to keep them away. But you can live like a no- effectively a normal life mm-hmm. if you stay on your tonic and you stay away from the creatures. Yeah. Nice. Just shoot them. I had this problem reading it. <laughs> it felt it gave me the same nagging feeling I got reading Harry Potter later in life. Is that like you're doing all this stuff, but they're physical creatures. They have a head. They have an identifiable face. They have a like it's grotesquely you know adapted but it is a effectively humanoid physique and structure both the big ones and the little ones and the whole thing was like you're never going to be able to get rid of it once it picks you it stays on you Mm. like that's the thing okay and like you'll see it in your backyard like looking at you like it can't get close to you because you drank the tonic yeah set up a sniper in your window in your bedroom in the top floor of your house and blow its freaking head off i don't (laughs) understand why you wouldn't just blow the effort up just take it out just get rid of it like that to me is the inherent issue is that they're do they're focusing on like this tonic and stuff but they never explicitly say like oh it can it can just like disappear it can phase out of space it never identifies how it becomes unphysical so that you can destroy it like so there's a reason why you can't destroy it and so to me this whole time i'm reading this book which is otherwise very interesting a cool world build Mm. a cool identify like new creature type thing but the whole time i'm sitting there thinking like why am I going to spend all of my insurance deductible on this tonic that I have to drink every four hours that tastes like butt and instead <laughs> not hire what I would assume would at this point be a very prevalent industry of mercenaries to come over to my house, sit up upstairs as I sit out on the porch and just take the thing out. So I guess what you're saying is it could have like it probably could have benefited from like the kind of very common horror movie scene where you've got a character like running. It's usually like early in the movie. Like we come in in the middle of somebody about to be killed by whatever the horror movie focus is. Right. Right. And you've got somebody like running and they like go to a gun chest and they like crack it open and they're like, and then it's like quiet. And then there's like a creak and they're like, but it was just like a cat jumping off a thing. And they're like, and then the things behind them and they're like, ah, and they like, and then the thing's still there. And they like, look at their gun, like, Yes. Uh, yes. And then title. I need proof that blowing its head off won't get rid of it. Yeah. You have not established at any way. You have shown them eating people in a grocery store. It's super gross and great. Good horror movie scene. <laughs> You've shown them eating people in backyards. Nice. You've shown like bites and scratches. They are physical manifestations it's a really cool like allegory like oh you know like you're constantly if you have like a chronic disease and you're constantly fighting it and sometimes you forget about it sometimes you get lazy like it's one of those it's cool it's whatever but like 
You have to establish for me that if it's this big, physical, ominous, menacing, constantly prevalent thing that you can live 30 some odd years or beyond having attached to you in some way or form or fashion, it can manifest in your house at any given time. I need you to show me that I can't blow it up. Mm hmm. Because I am going to strap C4 to the back of my shed, lure it out, and blow it up. Like, <laughs> I, you have to prove to me that that's not going to work. Otherwise, yeah. I can't take your book seriously. Fair enough. Like, I think they hint at it by having it just sort of, like, manifest in your closet. Because it did that. It did that. But, like, they didn't show it manifesting. It was just there. So what if it snuck in when you were taking a nap? Like... There are holes. There are holes in the physicality yeah. of the creatures, and I have an issue with it. That's, yeah, that's, like you said, with Harry Potter, that's how I've always felt about, <laughs> I'm like, Voldemort, bro. Like, just blow him up! Just, <laughs> like, you've got all this gold and stuff, just go find some muggles, hand them some coin, and be like, hey, this little dude, go shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. just go shoot him. Because you're trying all this magic stuff. And yeah, I get it. You're like a prideful wizard and you think muggles are garbage and all that. But like so far, magic has failed to kill this kid at least once. And we find out later in the book that it fails to kill him a second time. If you Mm -hmm. had just like tossed some pure gold goblets and some jewels at some like Cockney Brug down on, (laughs) you know, down at a fish and chip shop. And you were like, hey, do you have a rifle? And he'd be like, yes. And you could be like, see this kid with the glasses? He works down here. Because didn't he work at like a diner? Or like he frequented a diner in one of the books? He went to the diner. In the movie, there was like the the hot girl that he was into. And then Dumbledore rolls in and was like, hello. And he's like, no, I'm trying to hit on this hot waitress. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that point. Yeah. So, I mean, he obviously like in between being at school mills about London and like England areas well, for a while. So just set up some co- some dude to be like, hey, go. Well, that's the thing. They know guy. where his aunt and uncle live. You they could just send. That was part of the thing, though, is that they like they did magical <laughs> juju so that people couldn't find. OK, you couldn't find them magically. That doesn't mean you can't look up their voter registration. That is true, yeah. Like, there's so many holes in terms of this existing co alongside well, the he, muggles. What do you have? Because they wouldn't know that. But I guess maybe they could get onto like the records and look up. Did Lily Potter have rel- like? Did either of the Potters have relatives? Right. Yeah. And then like, hey, she did the Dursleys, and then like go stake it out. And just like not be suspicious because wasn't like one of the there was like a wizard in the neighborhood that was like keeping tabs on oh, Harry yeah, Potter's the old lady house or whatever. So you just like don't be suspicious and just like move like hire a muggle to move in somewhere in that neighborhood and like see if this little boy lives there. I, I get I can understand this this side where like Voldemort wouldn't use muggle stuff to find Harry because Voldemort's all like elitist and like, oh, I hate Michaels. But like Harry and Hermione, Hermione being a hashtag mudblood taking it back because I am also mudblood because I refuse to believe that I'm not a wizard. Um, <laughs> Hermione could have easily gone to like one of the like 
righteous, raunchy scamps that went to her muggle school had been like, hey, can you hook me up with some dudes who aren't afraid of doing some bad ish? And then you just shoot Voldemort or Bellatrix or like any of these horrible people. Like, there's the point yeah, where like, uh, London gets taken over by magic wielders. And I'm like, excuse me, how are the Air Force not just going to blow everybody up? Yeah, like, like what? Show no. me the extent to which a wand can, like, stand up against, like, a 45 caliber bullet. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know you have, like, deflection spells for other spells. But does but, that like, work against do physical? Do you just have, like, a sheer force field capability? You know what I mean? And yes, you can go Avada Kedavra and kill people, but I can also go... Bang, bang. <laughs> you know? And well, and again, put a sniper in an opposing window yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. screwed because you have no idea it's coming. Yeah, right. If you're unprepared, you're unprepared, whether it's magic or not. I feel like the Harry Potter nerds out there probably have, like... And a not, lot of... Nothing against Harry Potter nerds because she's a Harry I'm Potter I'm a huge nerd. Potterhead, so don't feel like, like I'm feel attacking like y'all. I'm right there the with Harry you. The Harry Potter fans listening to this are like probably have something from some book where it was like briefly described. It's that, possible. I have the memory of a goat. That like... <laughs> oh, you know, muggles can't see magic folk or something crazy like I'm that. I'm sure it's something. I don't... I don't remember. I read all the books, but at the same time, it's been a long time. And I don't know, man. I'm yeah. I'm old. Anyway, one last <laughs> one that I wanted to talk about is uh, it's a new entry from the Jim Henson Storyteller uh, line of books. Uh, and this one is Ghosts. And it's Jim Henson Storyteller's Ghosts number one. Um it's cool. It's very cool. I love the storyteller stuff. I've always loved the storyteller stuff from the show to the freaking books. They've always been really, really good. But I like the ghosts. I like this one particularly. I just thought this one was a really cool story. Heckin' dark, man. It is very dark. It is very grim. That's the one thing to keep in mind is that storyteller, while, you know, still kind of family friendly, it was never like... Uh, it wasn't the Muppets. Yeah. Right? This is not Sesame Street. Jim Henson had elements to his, like, stories he wanted to tell that weren't inherently, like, just strictly kid-based. Yeah. Or friendly-based. Um, like, what is that one movie? Mirror Mask? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, they did the Labyrinth stuff and Dark Crystal. And so, like... You know, keep in mind that Jim Henson company and Jim Henson storytelling isn't always going to be Kermit the Frog and shit like that. Right. Um, so this is a little bit darker, but it's just cool. It was a cool ghost story. It's it's not the typical. It's not what you'd expect if you, somebody was like, hey, here's a story anthology about ghosts. You'd be <laughs> like, oh, OK, it's going to be like chairs flying across rooms and pottery. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made a ghost reference. Um, but this one was cool. It was about like, you know, this, it was very folklore. It was about like, I mean, it has babies getting murdered, so it's pretty dark. It's dark. Um, it's but it's about dark. like, it's about like this creepy wailing baby ghost in a forest and it's, it's like really, really grotesque cool. looking it's and really cool it's messed it's up spooky book it's spooky 
it's dark and it's it's really cool so i highly recommend you pick this up and i'm excited to see what the other entries uh the storyteller thing the way it works is it's usually like a two to three uh two to three issue mini uh based around whatever the theme is i think this one's a four issue too it's just uh you know a new story each time it's it runs on the same formula of the show which if you don't know the show every episode opened with the storyteller the uh, eponymous storyteller uh sitting with his dog who was a puppet a muppet a, a mupp puppet a, a mupper pupper um <laughs> and uh <laughs> he the dog would say something goofy and the storyteller would be like, oh, you know, that reminds me of a story. And the dog would be like, oh, boy, here we go. And they dive into a story. Um, and then the story would be awesome. And you'd feel good about yourself uh, because you watched an amazing television show. So you should check it out if it's on any. It was on. A, I think it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it still is. I don't know. Uh, we'll have um, to look. We'll but definitely look. check out the show, too, if you haven't ever seen it. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us. Yes, yeah, so we have a handful of things, handful of things that will be popping up in our honorable, uh, mentions. honorable mentions. Just to give them a shout out real quick. We got Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one, uh, Marvel Snapshots Submariner number one and Cable number one. So guess what, Marvel? You didn't get to get talked about this time. You didn't get in the main lineup. Yeah, it's true. What we of really, it? We really shoved it to Marvel this time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, thank you for listening. If you want more Cover B, and hey, if you're self-quarantining, you've got plenty of time to listen to all of our previous episodes, which you can find at CoverBPodcast.com. And if you want even more information about us or from us, or you want to stay up to date on news and new happenings in the comic world, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CoverBPodcast. Mm-hmm. And you can even buy our merch. We our logo is really cool. It's a cool logo. It's yeah. a cool logo. And it looks good t- on a shirt. T-shirts. You can buy hats. Mm-hmm. You can buy tote bags. Yeah. Go buy some stuff and rep some stuff for me. Yeah. So again, guys, just be safe. Be smart. Um, we hope everybody's doing fine in the wake of all this COVID-19 stuff. Um, and yeah, still get out there and support your businesses. Try to keep these businesses afloat and keep the economy alive. Uh, so that once this whole thing passes, uh, there's still something there's left. There's still something left to enjoy. So, uh, but be safe first and foremost. And until next time, we'll see you back here for more Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.